Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on Employment Matters podcast, that's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our local members from around the world who share with us some of the important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we'll be learning more about doing business in Malta, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show Anne Bujega, a senior associate at GVZH Advocates. Anne, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, Pete. How are you? Doing really well. We're anxious to hear more about Malta. Can you give us a general overview of your jurisdiction, something about the economy, maybe the population, government structure, some of that stuff? It'd be helpful. Sure. So Malta is an island in the Mediterranean. Many people know Malta as the sunny island. The reputation of sun and sea precedes it. However, there's much more to Malta than that. Malta is the smallest member of the European Union, and we've been a member of the EU since 2004, and we've been part of the Eurozone since 2008. Malta's population is roughly 500,000 people, 21% of which are foreign nationals. Malta attracts many foreign nationals through its various programs. We have very little local resource, so we rely heavily on foreign investment. And the many governments over the years have made sure that there have been certain programs and also incentives for foreign nationals to come to Malta, set up business, immigrate in Malta, and actually retire in Malta as well. So there are various numbers of options in that respect. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like a beautiful island. Let's talk about some of the industries that are on the island. Sure. So as you can presume, the the major industry in terms of GDP in Malta is tourism. So tourism is basically accounts for 12% of the GDP, which is much higher to Europe's general 10.3%. So we rely very, very heavily on tourists and on, on tourism. Aside from tourism, we also rely very heavily on manufacturing. And as I was saying before, the government has put in place a number of incentives to attract foreign nationals to actual open manufacturing companies in Malta and operate from Malta. So obviously it's a, it's a win-win because it helps our economy and it also helps our workforce because of the larger employment possibilities locally. In the early 2000s, we started seeing a different source of industry coming to Malta and setting up. And that is majorly the financial services industry and the gaming industry, also majorly attracting foreign nationals to open certain different industries over here. Financial services would range from EMIs, PSPs, and gaming would be regulated by the gaming industry and opening a gaming licensed entity in Malta and operating from here. Wonderful. So let's talk about those employers coming to Malta. When you decide to employ locally in Malta, what are some of the key structural issues companies need to know about? So you would need to apply for a work permit for foreign nationals. One of the bases of the EU is free movement of people, and therefore any EU national is free and fully eligible to apply for a work permit in Malta as part of their free movement, right? However, any third country national, and unfortunately this also includes British nationals, today need to apply for a work permit. There needs to be a job offer made by the employer to the employee and a work permit application would need to be submitted to the respective government departments and the application would need to be approved prior to that person starting work in Malta. Do you have unions or any types of affirmative action type work in Malta? Tell us about that. So we do have trade unions. 
they're more predominant in the manufacturing industry. In fact, most manufacturing companies would be unionized. I would tend to say that generally unions are for blue-collar employees and not so much for management. And predominantly in the manufacturing industry, the gaming industries and the financial industries, financial services industries, do not predominantly attract unionized employees. So, Anne, Malta sounds like a really intriguing place. And if I'm going to bring my company there, I need to understand what's the general business climate like? Is it more pro-business or more pro-employee in Malta? Okay, so that, that's a, a very interesting question because my reply would be most as both. Most as pro-business because we have to be pro-business because it's one of the things that we are very much dependent on. We're dependent on foreign investors coming here, setting up shop over here, bringing a part of the business over here, relocating a part of, the, of their business over here. And it is pro-business because over the years, the different governments have in fact provided various incentives for foreign nationals to, to come to Malta and to set up shop over here, including a preferential tax rate to some of the employees in certain positions, and that I'll touch upon shortly. It's also pro-employee because um, our employment legislation is drafted with the employee in mind. Our employment tribunal is well known to also be very pro-employee in its decisions. So I would tend to say that it's pro-employee because We care about our employees and it's very pro-employee because the tribunal decisions are decided very much in favor of the employees and also the employment legislation is very employee-leaning. To go back to what I was saying before with respect to the preferential tax rate for, for personal employment, the government has set up a number of different programs which would allow employees in certain positions to pay a 15% flat tax rate on their employment when it's derived from a certain business. That obviously is a win-win for both employers that seek to bring certain talent to Malta and also a win for the employees because they pay a lower tax rate than they would in other jurisdictions. So that's one of the many different incentives that the government has put in place over the years. Well, that sounds exciting. I mean, now I'm trying to think about how I can do my job from Malta. Sounds like it <laughs> sounds like a great place to work. So let's talk about cross-border opportunities in the region. Again, I know you're part of the EU and there's free movement of people, but outside of the direct countries closest to you and other things, what are the prospects for cross-border opportunities in the region? Are there immigration standards? outside of the EU that have to be managed? And are they difficult? Give us just a general sense of that, if you would. Okay. So aside from the free movement, uh, when it comes to non-EU nationals, there are um, agreements with certain countries that don't require visa, an actual physical visa on one's passport to travel to Malta. And that would be dependent on the nationality of of the individual traveling to Malta. There are a number of jurisdictions that require a visa to be able to travel to Malta, and that visa would only be valid for a certain period of time. So there are some checks and balances in that respect. However, as we were saying before, there are a number of relocation programs and incentives that uh, the, the country offers for third country nationals to come to Malta and in fact either retire here or live here. So there's always that possibility in terms of immigration if one wishes to relocate to Malta either on a permanent basis or on a semi-permanent basis. So that's also a possibility. Our 
corporate infrastructure has been designed to allow and cater and to a certain extent also incentivize the redomiciliation of companies into Malta. So that also is extremely, extremely user-friendly, I would tend to say. When you have companies that wish to change jurisdiction from either other European countries or other third countries and start operating from Malta as a corporate entity. So that's also something that is very, very possible and doable. Wonderful. Well, this has been a very interesting discussion. Thanks so much for your time, Anne. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Anne Bujega, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.